Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dobius, here with Brendan Pika. How are you doing? Hey, you. Not too shabby. You know, it's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It was, uh, it's been a weird week of fantasy football. There was a lot of low-performing players. and Shout uh, out to Clyde. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of non-fantasy-relevant players stepping up. Uh, shout out to Cordero Patterson, Demetri Felton. <laughs> Felton, man, that run was awesome. That was awesome. That was such a cool run. It wasn't the best run, though. That was Damian Harris. Broke yeah. like six tackles. It was amazing. He went uh, full beast mode on, on them. So that was fun. It, it, was, it was a fun week, you know? It was, it was a fun week. A lot of, a lot of crazy games. A um, lot to talk about, though. So. Probably shouldn't waste any more time. This episode, we're talking about the injuries and updates from week two, as well as the week two waiver signings. So injuries and updates first. Let's talk about the 49ers. Yes, it will not be an injury episode without the 49ers. Jermichael Hasty, the I guess you can call him the running back two. Uh, he suffered a high ankle sprain last Sunday. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Three is the estimated time he's going to be most likely placed on the injured reserve. We're not done with the 49ers running backs. Elijah Mitchell, he injured his shoulder last Sunday. He is day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Uh, That's not good. Uh, He was the lead back last week. But uh, again, this is a full running back committee so uh, even though elijah mitchell had 17 carries 42 yards hasty had five carries it's just the whole 49ers run game is just madness now we're not done yet there's one more trey sermon during his one carry that he had got hit in the head he is in concussion protocol he needs to pass concussion protocol before playing again I think uh, it's going to be at least a week for Trey Sermon uh, to come back. So that's not great either. Um, It it looks like the 49ers are working out with Lamar Miller, TJ Yeldon, and Duke Johnson. Uh, Yeah, which is crazy to say in 2021. So none of these guys I'm interested in in fantasy. Uh, it, it really is only Elijah Mitchell if he's healthy. But again, I don't want to start him yet until uh, he proves that he's the number one back. And they play him like the number one back. So I'm going to wait. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks. Andy Dalton, he left the game with a knee, knee injury. Luckily, he avoided an ACL tear. He's going to be questionable for week three. This could be Justin Fields' time. We will definitely bring you more updates on this injury in the preview episode and in the injury updates later on this week. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and we're going to talk all about this this matchup, uh, this quarterback situation, uh, when we talk about the Bears next week. So, so really looking forward to talking about this. Really curious to see uh, what's going to happen because it, it, they stated if Andy Dalton is 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 healthy enough, they're going to start him. But uh, you know it's we'll, we'll see how he uh how he feels later this week uh stick with the quarterbacks here Carson Wentz he has sprains in both of his ankles and it is unclear if he's going to be ready for week three again all of these injuries we will update you throughout the week in every episode so be on the lookout for that uh 
yeah, it, it, the Colts did not look that impressive last week, uh, especially after Carson Wentz got injured. I mean, they put up a fight against the Rams. I mean, they, they only lost by a field goal, but, you know, Jacob Eason didn't look that great. Um, it was really Michael Pittman that was the only impressive player. But with Carson Wentz dealing with this injury, it it hinders my my opinion on Michael Pittman. So, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate there. Another quarterback, Baker Mayfield, he left the game for a short time with a shoulder injury, but he went back on the field and uh, played the rest of the game. So that's very good. He should be fine for week three. Jarvis Landry, the number one receiver for the Browns. He has an MCL injury. Luckily, it's not too bad, but he is going to most likely be out for this week. Uh, Again, he avoided serious injury. uh, And by serious, I mean MCL tear. Um, He just has a sprain. So it should be a week or two for Jarvis Landry. That opens up the door for either Odell Beckham if he comes back or if Beckham is out week three, as I, I expect him to be. We are going to see, in my opinion, Anthony Schwartz break out. If both Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry are injured and are going to be out for week three, I think Anthony Schwartz is going to be uh, the, the biggest beneficiary of, of those two players being out. So uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more Demetric Felton. I know we talked about him a little earlier in this episode. He looks just like an exciting player to watch. So uh, maybe we'll see more of him as well. But only time will tell. We'll, we'll break down all the players uh, later this week in the preview episode. We're going to keep going. Tua suffered a rib injury. He is listed as day-to-day. Uh, this really only affects my opinion on Devontae Parker. I think if Jacoby Brissett is the starter, uh, the only player I feel comfortable in starting is Jalen Waddle, just because I think he kind of he proved last week that or I guess the last Sunday that even in a a blowout, a 35 to nothing game, Jalen Waddle still put up six receptions, 48 yards, which again is nothing impressive, but he proved that he is kind of the main guy on this team. And he's the guy that they, that they look to in, uh, in tough times. So I'm only confident in Jalen Waddle. Uh, Daryl Henderson, he suffered a rib injury. He's going to be doubtful for week three against the Bucs. I would have told you to bench Henderson anyway. Sonny Michelle would take over as the RB1, but again, they're playing the Bucs, so I would not recommend starting either of those guys. Terod Taylor is expected to be out for four weeks with a hamstring injury. Davis Mills has now taken over as the starting quarterback. This means that the brand, Brandon Cooks, who I was like, yep, definitely start him. He's now uh, uh, leaning towards bench until we see what Davis Mills can do. Derek Carr injured his ankle during week two, but he is expected to play for week three, so we shouldn't need to worry about that. We'll see later this week if uh, if there's any setbacks. Will Fuller dealing with a personal issue. He's expected to be back week three. Uh, I am not fully confident in that, and I would not recommend starting Will Fuller uh, for at least a few weeks uh, after he is back on the team just because I want to see what's going on, especially with the quarterback situation in Miami. LaVisca Chenault, he was dealing with a shoulder injury. He is expected to play. And then Amari Cooper has bruised ribs and is questionable for week three, another player that we will be talking about a lot throughout this week. Wow, that was a lot of injuries. A lot went down. And we're not done. 
Well, we're done with the injuries. We're not done with this episode, though. I got some waiver players to talk about. Week two was really crazy. Uh, It was a week where a a lot of players performed uh, above expectations and a lot of star players performed below expectations. So here are my top waiver signings for this week. Uh, One thing to mention, these players are all owned in 60% or less of uh, ESPN Yahoo leagues. So those are the two main platforms that people play on. I checked both of them. I think the highest was 60 with a uh, a running back that I'll talk about in a second. Let's start with quarterbacks. I got two of them here. First player, I can't believe I'm about to say. Uh, this is a man I've been joking about for, I guess, three years now. Uh, a guy that I would just never been confident in. And it's taken a lot out of me to say this, but Daniel Jones for the New York Giants could be fantasy relevant. He's currently the quarterback four, everybody. The quarterback four throughout two weeks. Oh, man. Listen, he's averaging 25 fantasy points per game. He's averaging a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown per game. He's averaging over 250 passing yards per game. He has designed run plays in his offense. He's averaging over 60 rushing yards per game. When you look at these stats and take away the name Daniel Jones, this looks like a good quarterback. This looks like a quarterback that actually has potential to be uh, uh, top 12, which is crazy to think of. But it's really like after watching him last week against Washington, yeah, there were some plays where he looked terrible. But he also showed potential, especially when you take into account that it's the Washington football team. It's the Washington defense, which is one of the best defenses in the league. Daniel Jones looked good. He looked good. This could be, everyone talks about the three-year breakout, and I've doubted Daniel Jones up to this point. But after these last two weeks, I've seen improvement from last season. I don't know if it's just because Saquon Barkley's back. I don't know if it's because Kenny Galladay. I wouldn't, I I really wouldn't say it's because of Kenny Galladay because he's not been the number one receiver. But whatever's happening in New York, it's kind of working. Now, the, the team's not finding much success, but they've been putting up a fight each week. And with the, with a healthy Saquon, I think Daniel Jones can do some damage. And uh, I see him, he, to me, he went from a, uh, in week one, a do not even have, do not roster Daniel Jones. After week one, I said, okay, maybe if it's a good matchup. Now I'm at the point where, yeah, maybe you have him on your roster. Maybe you have him as a backup quarterback. If, if, if you have a, a quarterback that, you know, gets injured, Daniel Jones could actually be a good replacement. He's going to be serviceable. But next week, if he puts up another performance like he did against Washington, um, my confidence is going to keep going up. They play the Atlanta Falcons week three. This could be his best week yet. If he's, he's already averaging 25 fantasy points per game and they're playing Atlanta, he, I, there's no doubt in my mind that, he, that he's going to get over 25 points. So uh, Daniel Jones, uh, at worst to me, is a streamable quarterback and at best could be a, a low-end QB1. That is so weird to say. I feel like we're in an alternate universe. 
This is ridiculous because the next quarterback I'm talking about is Teddy Bridgewater. Now, he doesn't have the upside uh, as Daniel Jones does, but he is a very consistent, low-end top 12 quarterback, Uh, top 15 at at the worst. Uh, If you're looking for that guy, if you're looking for that safe pick who's going to score about 20 points per game, that is Teddy Bridgewater. He obviously has great weapons, even though Jared Judy's gone. He still has Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, who had an amazing week. Uh, and with a good matchup, he's going to be a good option. He's got a high floor. He's got a very low ceiling, but a very high floor. He's not, he's not going to disappoint you many weeks. He's going to be a safe quarterback that's averaging two passing touchdowns per game. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's going to be just a, just a safe pick. So if you don't like taking risks, and all you need is a, or you know, a twenty-point quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. That's your guy. Moving on to running backs, let's talk about Tony Pollard for the Dallas Cowboys. This is the most owned player uh, on this list, and it's obviously because he's the handcuff to Ezekiel Elliott. But I kind of have a question: Is Tony Pollard the better running back in Dallas? Is he the better running back? Because to me, it looked like it last game. I had to re-watch most of the game. And Tony Pollard's been impressive. Last week, or last Sunday, 13 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, 16 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. With a player like Ezekiel Elliott, he should not be splitting the carries almost 50-50. But Tony Pollard looked so good last week. Like, when he was on the field, the offense looked completely different than when Elliott was on the field. Pollard was just, he looked more explosive, he looked quick, he looked elusive. Like, everything about Pollard, to me, looked better than Elliott, which is not fun to say as an Elliott owner. Uh, yeah, it, it's the, the comparison of carries, to me, is a, a very big cause for concern uh, for Elliott owners. So, I, I believe we're going to see the split uh, a lot more. Uh, this season, I, I think we're going to see a close to 50 50 split, a, a 60 40 in favor of Elliott. And, and Pollard is going to actually be fantasy relevant. This is the year of RB2s, really. This is the year where a lot of RB2s on NFL teams have fantasy relevance. And I think that's due to the increase of games. But we're seeing players like JD McKissick, Naeem Hines. We're seeing players like Tony Pollard all become fantasy relevant, relevant and potential starters. So I, I think Pollard, if he, he has another performance like that, like he did last week, if we see this split in carries, Pollard can be a, a, a Naeem Hines type of player. He's not going to get the receptions, but he's getting a ridiculous amount of carries. So, yeah, I, I, I see Pollard if he has another performance like this as a a decent flex each week until proven otherwise because it's it's just he looks like a better running back something weird he his contract's only like 4 million compared to Ezekiel Elliott's 90 million like i don't know are they it, this is going to be a a something to monitor the the rest of the season uh when it comes to just the Dallas Cowboys because Pollard is looking really good for the first two weeks. 
So if you have Elliot, Pollard is a must get because A, he's a valuable handcuff. You should have got him already. And B, he, you can start both of them. Just like last week, if you started both Elliot and Pollard, wow, very good job because both of them got a touchdown combined for 180 yards. So yeah, both of them are very valuable, especially together. Let's move on to another running back. And I say it like that because it's Corderell Patterson. I remember when he was drafted as a receiver uh, for the Vikings. And then at some point in his career, he switched to a running back. I guess it was in Chicago after David Montgomery's injury. Uh, but it, it's, it's a very confusing role. Uh, last Sunday, Cordero Patterson had the second most carries for the Falcons. And he was tied for the third most receptions. A player that is involved as much as he at, he is, he's going to score you some points. He also finished as the third best running back this week. Third best running back. He is a must get in PPR leagues. If you're in PPR, half point PPR, any type of that, uh, any type of PPR leagues, Patterson should be a must get because he's technically listed as a running back, but he seems to be playing wide receiver just as many times, if not more, uh, as he is playing running back. So he's all over the field. Uh, he, he's one of those players where he's he's more of a uh, I, not, not he doesn't really have the talent. I know that's kind of mean to say, but he's going to have the volume. It's a quantity over quality type of player. And as long as he keeps getting that volume, which he should because it's the Atlanta Falcons, he's going to put up some fantasy points. So he is a must grab. Next up, final running back. It is Michael Carter for the New York Jets. Uh, he was really the only player that I was impressed with on this Jets team from last Sunday. Uh, he had the second most carries on the team uh, with 11. Ty Johnson was the most with 12. But Michael Carter had the most rushing yards for the Jets at 59, which isn't great. But the entire offensive perform performance for the Jets was terrible. Uh, so they're kind of back to their normal selves, I guess. Uh, it, it seems that the Jets are kind of trying to get Carter more and more involved in the offense. I think in a couple weeks, we're going to see Michael Carter completely take over the backfield. And now is your chance to get him before it's too late. If you have an open roster spot, I think he's a must-grab player. Because as of right now, the, the running backs for the Jets, it doesn't look good, right? You're seeing a rotation of Coleman, Johnson, and Carter. But it, Carter already finishes the best running back this week. I think they're going to try to get him more and more involved. So he, he's not going to be a complete workhorse back. But uh, instead of going from a 50-50 split, I can see more of a 70-30 later on this season in Carter's favor. So get Carter. He's talented, and he has potential to get the volume. Moving on to the wide receivers, let's talk about Rondell Moore. This is his second time in... Two weeks, obviously, appearing on this list. Apparently, not enough people took my advice, uh, as he's only owned in—he's only owned in less than twenty percent of leagues. So that—that's just baffling to me. Uh, last week, I talked about how his week one performance was impressive, even though his stats didn't show it. Uh, it was his involvement in the offense and the skill set that he had that made me impressed. 
This week, he proved me right. Rondell Moore had eight targets for seven receptions, 114 receiving yards, and a TD. After a week like that, he's going to be the most targeted player on the waiver wire, so you are going to have to pay a lot for him if you uh, if you have fab. Uh, and if you don't and you just have the waiver order, you better just pray that he falls to you. So he, uh, I remember us talking about him in the preview episode where we were talking about the matchup of the Cardinals and Vikings, and I was talking about, oh, I think Connor can have a good week. Uh, but, you know, I was talking about those players that we just can, we just have a feeling that will just wreck the Vikings. Just as Vikings fans, we, we can kind of tell those things. And Rondo Moore was the other player. He was that player that was like, this guy can tear it up. So he, he is a, this is his upside, right? He, he was second most targeted player on the team. 114 receiving yards, a touchdown, and like those, and it was really impressive. Some of his plays that he made, like not only was his touchdown great, but I, I just remember, I, I don't know, it was like a, about a two, three yard pass, and then he juked out about three guys for a first down, and I just threw my hands up in the air, and I was like, I don't know what we can do against this guy. I mean, you can't stop him. So. He proved uh, that he should be, uh, I think, the wide receiver, too, on this team. Um, but even if he's not, that doesn't matter because the Cardinals like to play three, four wide receiver sets all the time. So Moore is going to be on the field, and it seems like they're going to target him a lot. So he is, I, I would say, out of anybody on this list, if you had to choose one of them, Rondell Moore is the guy to get. Moving on to Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the New York Giants. That's right, another New York Giant on this list. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I, I think he has some fantasy value. He seems to be the player that we expected Kenny Galladay to be uh, because Sterling Shepard is leading the team in targets, which is five more uh, than the next receiver. He is leading the team in receptions and receiving yards, uh, more than uh, twice the amount as the next wide receiver. So he is two times the amount of receptions and receiving yards as the next best receiver on the Giants. Sterling Shepard's averaging 20 points per game, which is just ridiculous. And I think at the moment, he is the wide receiver 10 for for this season. I just, that's crazy. That's ridiculous to me. How is he a wide? This is a weird season, guys. It's a weird season. He is, Sterling Shepard is the wide receiver 10. You got Daniel Jones is the quarterback 4. Like, I don't know what's going on here. But if this, if they keep it up, I mean, if Sterling Shepard is consistently going to get close to 100 yards per game and he's going to get the most targets, then yeah, he has some value. Every wide receiver 1 on an NFL team has fantasy value. I mean, you can pick the worst team in the NFL. Their wide receiver one is Houston, Brandon Cooks, fantasy value. Jacksonville, Marvin Jones, fantasy value. Like, everybody has a a wide receiver one that should be at least in a a flex position. And I thought it was Kenny Galladay. I was wrong. It's Sterling Shepard. So Shepard should be a a guy to target, especially if you're lacking in the wide receiver department uh, or if you're just looking for a solid backup for bye weeks. Who I like even better, though, who's a little bit riskier with higher upside, is the final receiver on this list. That is Darnell Mooney for the Chicago Bears. I've talked about Darnell Mooney before. I loved his ADP heading into this year, 
and I love his upside. I talked about his potential, especially when Justin Fields is on the field, I guess, no pun intended. Uh, Although Justin Fields did have a rough day last Sunday, he went 6-for-13 with 60 passing yards and an interception. Half of those six completions that he threw were to to Darnell Mooney. I rewatched every single Justin Fields play from week two, and the most targeted wide receiver was not Allen Robinson. It was Darnell Mooney. With Justin Fields potentially starting this next week, Darnell Mooney should be a pickup and start. It was insane. It, you can you can watch rewatch that game. I actually think the NFL uploaded uh, the every Justin Fields play from week two. I think they uploaded that on YouTube. So go check that out. And like every other play is Mooney. The only good passing plays that Justin Fields really had that was downfield was to Darnell Mooney. The rest were just dump offs. So one of them was a a uh, a missed touchdown from Mooney. It was just a little bit overthrown. But there's a lot of potential here for Mooney and Fields. I love this connection. And, you know, it, maybe it won't pay off week three. But if if Justin Fields proves that he can at least be equivalent to Andy Dalton, he's going to get the start. And later on this season, Mooney is going to be a, a flex option every week. Week in and week out, you can start him and you can forget about him. He's going to be a great option. Final player here. He's a tight end. I haven't included a tight end in the waiver signings yet. Let's talk about Jared Cook. Jared Cook was the fourth most targeted player on the team last Sunday, and he is the third most targeted player on the Chargers this season. Uh, Cook, he could have scored, actually, the potential game-winning touchdown, but an illegal shift penalty negated the touchdown. So that was really unfortunate. His stats could have looked really, really good this week because with a the level that the tier that Jared Cook is at uh, is with a lot of these fringe tight end ones. It's really just if you get a touchdown, you're great. If you don't get a touchdown, they're they're disappointing, and that's just the way tight ends work. Uh, but Jared Cook, three receptions, twenty eight yards. It's not great, but with again with the the level of of when you compare him to the other tight ends that are near him, he's he's just as good as them, and I think he has higher upside. He's the clear-cut tight end one on this team, like without a doubt. So if you're looking for a streamable tight end or if you're looking for a solid backup, Jared Cook can be a tight end one in certain weeks. It's hard to predict the the perfect matchup. It's hard to predict him scoring that touchdown that makes him a good start. But he should at least be rosterable because he is among the better tight ends that are available on the waiver wire. So, I mean, he's he's really one of the few that I would be willing to pick up because there are there are a lot of players that uh that are just not looking good at all. Like, I mean, Dalton Schultz, like you're not going to pick up him, James O'Shaughnessy. No. Like these are the these are the players that are available for you on the waivers, and uh, yeah, Jared Cook is just above all of them. So that is it. That is the full list that I got. 
make sure to stay tuned later this week. We're going to be going over each matchup for week three, who to start, who to sit in every NFL game. Uh, we're going to be talking about these injuries later this week. We're going to be talking about you know, what quarterbacks are going to start. Chicago Bears is it going to be Andy Dalton. Is it going to be Justin Fields. I will definitely keep you up to date on all of these news. So stay tuned. Thank you for all the support that you've been showing us. Make sure to follow us on on social media. Instagram is at barely underscore athletic. TikTok and YouTube is at barely athletic. Uh, we post multiple times a week. Comment. Let us know if you have any questions. Let us know what you want to hear from us next. Thank you so much for listening once again, and we'll see you next time.